after the tragic loss of her beloved 21-year-old son, Matthew, in 2017, Lisa B. dedicated herself to bringing help and awareness to those suffering from the disease of addiction. Welcome to Living Well with Robin Stoloff, empowering you to live a healthier life. So glad to be talking with Lisa B. today. She's the director of the Matthew B. Memorial Fund and co-director of Angels in Motion. Thank you so much for joining us, Lisa. Thank you for having me, Robin. I know it is very difficult to talk about, and I just want to say I am so sorry for your loss of your wonderful 21-year-old son. I know it has been very hard for you, but you've been able to take something so tragic and make something positive from it. Tell us about your mission and what you've been doing with the Matthew B. Memorial Fund. Um, thank you, Robin. Um, so basically, the Matthew B. Memorial Fund brings awareness and also funding to those suffering from addiction. So we raise funds to help those who don't have insurance to get into treatment. I actually advocate for them while they're in treatment, help them through the process, usually have contact with the parents and speak with them after as well. After the process is done, I keep in touch with the families. I have a lot of strong relationships with the families and the patients as well. This has been something I've dedicated myself to after losing my son. For me, I I never wanted another mother to have to go through this. So, And I felt that there wasn't enough conversation about it in our community. There's absolutely not. And you not only stay in close contact with the people you're helping, but you raise funds to get them into treatment programs. Tell us about it. Yeah, so I partner with the Hanson Foundation. So I work with them in ways that we can do it financially because treatment is not inexpensive and we're dealing with people who have no funding. They don't have insurance. So they partner with me in order to make that happen. And then they also work with me so I'm able to work through with the patients and stay, you know, in contact with them during their treatment. So we have a really good relationship and I'm, you know, I'm very grateful to them. That is amazing. Tell us about some of the people that you've helped. It's a vast amount of people. We've we've put over 200 people into treatment, raised over $300,000 to help people. So we've had, you know, situations where people have gone on and had children. I've been to weddings. Um, I've also gotten to see mothers get back their children that they haven't had in some time because, you know, their drug abuse. So um, it's it's amazing to watch this. To give somebody back their life is, you know, is, is truly a gift. That is. And you are doing such great work. And you also are co-director of Angels in Motion. What do you do mm-hmm. with that? So Angels in Motion is um, mostly what I do there is community outreach, where we're actually out in the community feeding those that are addicted on the streets, homeless, you know, have mental health issues or low poverty. So every Wednesday we go out and do a food program. And then we also do street outreach where we go into areas where we believe people could potentially be that might need something to eat, a little conversation. And, you know, we just basically show people that we care by being there and showing up week after week. And um, our ultimate goal with that too is to help people also to get into treatment or to help them to maybe get off the street or maybe find some housing So those two particular charities work hand in hand in that way, that that we kind of have the same type of goals. One is more street outreach. Um, So we kind of all work together and not not just those two, but we work well with lots of organizations, Hope One, JFS. Um, I work with all the other local organizations, Adelaide's Place, 
Turning Point, Boys and Girls Club. So, I mean, it's really a um, conjoined effort to do good in the community. So it's, it's really pretty incredible. It is incredible. Absolutely what you're doing. And it can be tough to reach people. So you're you're kind of going mm-hmm. to where they are, helping them, mm-hmm. starting relationships exactly. with them and hoping to sure. open the door with, uh, with them getting help. And we really don't talk about this enough. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to do this with you, to bring mm-hmm. more awareness about this mm-hmm. issue. This can happen to anyone. And it's important for all of us to realize that. Absolutely. I mean, my, my son was uh, very athletic, very gifted, very popular, very social, amazing human being. So um, my my goal is to really say to people, it can happen to anyone, just like what you're saying, and to please speak to your children, um, look for signs, you know, see who they're hanging with, you know, be aware, have access to their phones. Do you know what I mean? Just I mean, most parents do these things, but sometimes we, you know, we also have this issue of like trying to trust our children too. And Mm -hmm. of course I always want to do that too, but today's world is just so dangerous that I just want parents to be aware to please, if you, this is my saying, if you think it, it's true. If you believe something is wrong, it probably is. That's actually very good advice. And what age should we be talking to our children about these issues? I, I think grade school. Honestly, grade school by by the time sixth, fifth, you know, maybe even a little younger when they, you know, start to build relationships with friends and, you know, they're a little more, they have a little more freedom. I would would say definitely grade school. I think high school is too late. Yeah. And so many of these kids or or even adults get addicted to Mm -hmm. prescription drugs because there's this belief Mm -hmm. that, oh, they must be okay if a doctor prescribed them. That is a major problem in our society. A hundred percent. And so, I mean, we would all think, oh, it's a prescription drug. It must be okay. It's safe. And, and, you know, a child's going to think that. A young person's going to think that. Well, if my parents take it, it must be okay. So... Always be careful of your, the drugs that you have around the house prescribed, especially. Kids are experimental, and you never know what can happen, so keep your things locked away. You know, even at a friend's house, so on and so forth, these prescription drugs are dangerous, and they're very addictive, and they're things that people can have around their house, anywhere from Adderall to opioids. Absolutely. So, you know, you really have to be conscious of that. Oh, you hear the story of the high school mm-hmm. athlete, star athlete that gets hurt, 100%. and he's prescribed yep. painkillers. And next thing you know, he runs out, and then he turns to heroin. You've heard that story. And it's just, uh, yeah. it's horrible. It, you cannot even yeah. believe that that can happen to to anyone, uh, let alone yeah. a young person like that. Absolutely. And the drugs today are 20 times more powerful, fentanyl, so on and so forth. So these drugs are highly addictive I stand behind what I say. No one wants to be that way. No one chooses to do that. It happens. It's tragic beyond belief. And addiction is real. It's real. And it does take a lot. The first step is for a person to want to get help. And then once they get Mm -hmm. into a program... There's a whole mm-hmm. process that happens with that. Yeah, and, it's not and, it, and it's really great to be around other people who are going through the same thing. I've always said that being with other people and being in a group setting really mm-hmm. helps you to understand you're not alone and you're not the only one. And you can share exactly. experiences 
and understand that other people are struggling just like you. And that makes all the mm-hmm. difference in, in of many course. of these programs. And, and, and in saying that, you know, kids that are seemingly fine will isolate themselves from, from their peers um, so that no one recognizes that and they hide it. And I, I feel like, you know, um, it's time for us to, like, be more accepting of things that happen around us, whether it's a mental health issue, it's a it's a substance abuse issue, um, that we that we have to be a little more compassionate towards that. Absolutely. And we are changing this conversation, but we, we haven't mm-hmm. we haven't gotten there yet. There's still that belief of just mm-hmm. kind of snap out of it if you have a mental health problem, mm-hmm. you know, just, oh, come on, get sure. over it or just stop doing drugs. I mean, <laughs> OK, great mm-hmm. advice. It's it's not that easy yeah. to do. Um, it's a exactly. physical and an emotional and mental addiction. So there's so much mm-hmm. to it that it's, it's really, really, you know, tough to overcome. And Mm -hmm. when you talk to some of these folks, Mm -hmm. when you meet with them in Atlantic City, what are some of the things that you hear? How did they end up getting addicted? My work with with addicts isn't just like sometimes I'll have conversations with with people that come in and want to go into treatment via phone calls through parents, Mm -hmm. too, not just the work I do on the street. Um, So both, you know, I I get really both sides of that coin. Um, So, I mean, mostly... People fall on bad luck. People have mental health issues that were not addressed. So they self-medicate, and then that leads to addiction. You know, sometimes it can be as simple as what you said. It could be a common injury that that occurred that developed into opioid use, and they couldn't get off of it, and then went to street drugs, so on and so forth. So it's, it's a host of different reasons why those things happen, it's, and it happens in perfectly good homes. And it's not it's not just prevalent to to low income or certain areas. It's right here in our backyard. Yes, so, it is. Um, I, I want that to be, you know, obviously known and, and people to be aware of that. This is not a problem that is that is not right around you. It, it's right here. So let's let's all start to look at it and let's start to look at it a little differently. What needs to change? Do we need to, instead of putting people in jail, do we need mm-hmm. to get them help instead? I, I think both. I think a lot of different things. Instead of putting people in jail, um, and I'm not saying that, I'm, I think instead of putting people in jail, the people who were dealing the drugs in those people yeah. should be in jail. Yes, they should <laughs> be. Mm-hmm. They should be in jail. So it shouldn't even get to that level. It shouldn't. Um, But it's um, so hard because there's so many. Yeah, and obviously it is going to happen. So you're right in saying that people will go to jail. But I think rehabilitation and helping people, instead of saying, like, you know, you're going to jail, why don't you put them in a rehabilitation situation or, you know, a rehab situation where they can get well and so they don't end up back in jail, so they don't end up committing a crime, so so on and so forth. It's, you know, if you don't give them the help that they need, how do you expect them to get better? And this is the root of many problems in our society. Uh, Mm -hmm. Murders and shootings and and Mm -hmm. robberies Mm -hmm. can all be traced back to this, to drug addiction. Mm -hmm. Not all, but many, many. Well, not even so much the actual addiction as it is the people who are dealing the drugs. I mean, you have to think about what they're... They're, you know, we're talking about something that's a major, a major issue in terms of gangs and guns and, you know, all these types of things that we're seeing today in the world and a lot of the craziness. It's, you know, it's based on greed. 
sadly, and people's lives are being taken. Isn't it? Isn't it just like, like it blows your mind to think about that? It's based on people just wanting to make money. That's what it all comes down to. People's lives. It's just exactly. It's just you can't even wrap your your head around that. It's just awful. It's really really hard to wrap my head around that someone will hand somebody a street drug, knowing that that can potentially kill them, and they have absolutely no remorse for that. Yeah. So you know, for me, that's obviously deeply upsetting and uh, not just for myself but for for any parent you know every time somebody takes a drug or grabs a street drug they don't know that they'll they'll survive that do you know what i mean because today's drugs are like i said so incredibly strong laced with fentanyl and it's they're deadly so oh. i i want that to, you know i want kids to know that that they're not just dealing with a regular drug anymore they're dealing with something that has the ability to end your life. Yes. And 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 they don't care. Yes. <laughs> it's sad to say. It, it just, it's almost like are... it reminds me, I, I talked about this before, it mm-hmm. reminds me of a devil with kind of claws in someone's mm-hmm. back. They keep trying to walk yeah. away and it just, they keep mm-hmm. getting pulled back in. And it's just yeah. very, very hard, but it's not impossible. They're, as it's you not. said, people have changed their lives and mm-hmm. gone on to live mm-hmm. beautiful, happy, healthy lives. And mm-hmm. that's such a success story. But it takes, what is it that, what do you see that makes mm-hmm. that person just say, okay, that's it. I'm really going to try this time. What do you see something happen in them that makes them want to do it? Um, and to be honest, exhaustion. Wow. I think it's just absolute exhaustion. I don't believe that anybody truly wants to live on the streets or beg for money or not have a meal or not have a, you know what I mean? Or, mm-hmm. or, or be thinking all day long, how am I going to get my next fix? I, I don't believe that anybody really wants to do that. They're addicted. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's just exhaustion finally and just saying like, hey, I just can't do this anymore. Um, sometimes it can be other things. It could be an intervention mm-hmm. where your family comes in and says like, hey, you're not well and you need to get help. And, and an intervention is much more complicated than that. You know, it can be a family thing where your family just tries to surround you and, and try to get, you know, tries to get you the help you need. I don't think it's one particular thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, I think it can happen in different ways. Um, but I, I do believe one of the main things is really just being so tired of that life. Yeah. And, and, just and realizing you're, you're not, not going to make it. it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. You're not going to exactly. make it you're if you continue to live like this mm-hmm. and you don't want to mm-hmm. live like that. And it is mm-hmm. great to hear that you have so many wonderful success stories. That's just, yeah. Lisa, you have to be, you have to be so proud of that. You really do. I am. I'm incredibly proud. And, um, you know, it makes me very, very happy to see people get their lives back and for families to reunite and, you know, mothers get to be with their son or daughter and, um, you know, be able to spend a holiday with them. And And think about those kids who didn't have their mom or their dad. Think about them. I mean, you're helping the children as well. It's it's Mm -hmm. incredible. Well, that's, that's another huge issue in, in with drug addiction is now grandparents having to raise their yes. grandchildren. Yes. And that's, you know, that's a whole nother really, really horrific issue. Not that it's terrible to raise them, but financially it's hard for them. They're mm-hmm. not working. You know what I mean? They're retired. They don't have what they used to have. They don't have the older. energy. Yes. It's exactly. Tough. Exactly. Yes. It is not easy for these people and they do it. And I give them so much credit for that. Me too. Um, 
but but that shouldn't happen. It's not natural. No, it's not. They they raise their kids already. It should exactly. not be that way. It should be exactly a hundred percent. So, I mean, I think this is this is a very large large issue. But my role is just to make some sort of impact and at least start the conversation. At least yes, start to get the ball rolling and do what we can. And it would be nice to see, you know, the government can't fix everything, but it would be nice to see more mm-hmm. programs and more affordable programs mm-hmm. for people and to treat this yeah. like the disease it is. Mm-hmm. If we could just maybe do that and also to just change the conversation like we're trying to do now about the fact yeah. that this is a disease and many people would want help if they could get help. So you're, mm-hmm. you're, you're doing that, you know, one person at a time, making a difference in people's lives. You have some fundraisers coming up. Tell us about that. On August 28, we have our second annual Fluke tournament, which is wonderful. And then Mocktails and Cocktails, which is our very big gala, is December 3rd this year. And where will that be? That will be at Linwood Country Club. That's wonderful. And people are starting to yeah. get together in person again. So thank God for that. Yeah, so it's exciting. Yeah, like last year we weren't able to host that event. So that was difficult for us to fundraise and, you know, just get through this year. So we're really, really looking forward to that event in December. That's our very, very large fundraiser. Um, and, you know, I'm very, very proud that we had over 500 people there at our last one. So that shows me that the community is coming together and saying, like, hey, we want to address this. Absolutely. And we have a great community. We have a, a small area, but really great people in, in this area. And, mm-hmm. and I've been involved in many fundraisers and many organizations. And it's just amazing the great people we have in our community. And if, if someone would like to contribute, get involved, volunteer, where can they reach you? Um, uh, you can go to MatthewB.com. That's Matthew's um, website. Um, and that's you'll see it. It'll come up under the Hanson Foundation, but there is a, a site just for Matthew's fund. And you can always send me a message um, uh, via email, uh, LisaBNJ at gmail.com. If you need anything, you know, you want to talk about volunteering, you want to learn more about Matthew's fund, you can always email me. And, of course, you can also look at the website. Lisa B., you are doing God's work. Thank you so much for joining us, director of the Matthew B. Memorial Fund. And you are just an amazing woman. And I know that your son is is smiling down on you, and he's, he's so proud of his mom. Oh, thank you so much, and thank you for having me. Appreciate it. It's my true pleasure. It really was. And thank you for being with me today for Living Well with Robin Stroloff, empowering you to live a healthier life. Hope you will subscribe to get updates on our most recent episode. Until we see you next time, please stay safe and keep living well.